Hey, what's up, everybody? On this week's episode of Movie Time, Creed 3 is the big movie to come out in theaters this week. Blake and I saw it, and we're going to give our thoughts and opinions about it. How does it rank with all the other Creed movies, and how does it rank among the Rocky franchise? Definitely we'll be talking about that. Big Lebowski turns 25, and Blake and I were able to catch up on some movies recently, so all that good stuff will be covered in this episode. All you got to do... Sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack. You know what time it is. It's movie time coming at you now. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? We're back. The movie bros are back again for another episode of movie time. Got myself here, Renee Loki Geek, and my buddy, Blake the Wolf. What's going on, dude? Renee, I am so glad to be here to paraphrase the inevitable, nailed it, Rocky Balboa. Oh, nice. I'm here because I, I can't sing or dance, and that's oh. why I got to do this. That's why I got to talk about movies. So, how, how are you doing, man? You ready to, to get into this? Sweet reference. Yes, I am definitely ready to get into this. Uh, the As you, know, you should know by now, by seeing the title of this episode... Creed 3 is the big movie that is coming out this week. Uh, Blake and I had a chance to watch it. And of course, as always, we are going to give our thoughts and review of the movie. How does it stack up with the rest of the Creeds and all that goodness? So we're really excited to talk about that. Uh, And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the stuff that we caught up on as well uh, this week. Um, Again, Oscars are literally right around the corner. We were just talking offline about prepping for the Oscars. That's really literally happening in about like a week, like a little over a week. So a lot of stuff gone down. We had the the SAG Awards just recently. Uh, we had so many different awards uh, that happened uh, from from our last episode. And I think there is a clear indication of what's going to turn out. So I can't wait to talk more about that. Uh, we'll be recording, just to give you guys a heads up, a separate a special episode that will basically have us filling out our Oscar ballots and kind of like what we did last year. If you're here, uh, subscribe to the channel last year, we did a, an episode where we, you know, like what we, but Blake and I do all the time. It's like, we would just sit down, fill out our ballots and uh, you know, we, we kind of do our own predictions as to who's going to win in every category for the Oscars. Uh, so if you're interested to see that, uh, stay tuned to the channel and we'll definitely have that episode ready for you just in time for the Oscars. But before we go on and talk about all the things that we're going to be talking about in this episode, if you're brand new to this channel and you're seeing or hearing us for the very first time, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Movie Time podcast where we basically sit down to buddies talking about movies. We are a movie review podcast where every week we talk about whatever the newest or latest release is. And we just talk about other stuff as far as movies are concerned. So if you like this, if you like the topic, if you like the stuff that we talk about and you want to see more of this type of content, all you got to do is hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't done so already hit that notification bell. So you get notified every time a new video is uploaded for the audio listeners out there. Thank you again so much for listening. If you want an audio version of this episode, just type in Loki Geek on your podcast platform of choice where you can download this and many other episodes there for your listening pleasure. So as we do every week, 
we like to kind of play catch up and see what each of us have been watching or not watching or whatever the case is. So I'll have you start this time, Blake. Uh, what have you been catching up on? Yeah. I mean, here's where you're going to hit subscribe for before the next episode where we do our Oscar ballots. I like to see every single Oscar movie. Yep. And it was a couple of years ago, I got every single movie correct, except like the short film categories. But like, what what is that? Um, it was literally <laughs> the year before Renee and I started doing this and he's, he still doubts it. I have proof. Anyway, uh, that's why this week I saw Living, the Bill Nye. Oh, okay. Where he got nominated because he's, uh, it was a, he's due. Oscar nomination sure. from everything I can tell. I went into the movie clear-eyed. Maybe this will be great. And it was exactly what I thought it would be. He's playing an old man who's barely speaks, barely moves. is just going through his day-to-day <laughs> life like an automaton in 1960s. England meets um, a young woman who gives him a spark and passion for life. There's a moment where you're like, is this going to get spicy? It reminds me a lot of Peter O'Toole's nomination from oh, uh, yeah. the, uh, 2007, uh, where he uh, he got nominated for Best Actor on that one. Mm. And it's a very similar situation and a very similar reason they got nominated because they just have don't have an Oscar and we sure. were showing giving them the flowers while they're still here. It was fine if you if you're into that kind of thing. Honestly, it was cute it was well directed it was well written there i laughed multiple times it was like that clever witty british stuff Mm -hmm. was it at no point was my heart pounding out of my chest at no point did i pump my fist and usually on the movie time episodes we talk about just new shit the cocaine bears the creed threes and every now and then we're blessed with an everything everywhere uh which from reward stuff like that's going to be all over the ballads also so yeah for sure um, if you're a betting person, if you're filling out a ballot, or if you're just a fiend like me, definitely stay tuned because we're about to get hardcore into the Oscar season. And that's why I saw the movie Living. So would you say it's a movie about a guy living? Yeah, it's definitely, he is definitely, okay. well, I'm going to go and spoiler alert this. That's fine. If you like skip 30 seconds, if you're about to go see Living, there's a part of the movie where he's not living. At- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he, the thing is, he realizes he's dying. Oh. And that's why he's got to live. It's not actually about the meeting the young woman. It's just like, the I see. Helps him on his adventures. He's like, show me how to live. You're full of life. Just kind of like quits his job. And then, and then he goes through all the things like, oh, I want to just have fun. I just want to get drunk. I just, how do we kill time? And it's mm-hmm. asking the question, what are we doing on this planet? And it actually does a pretty good job at that. And then at yeah. some point, he decides he's going to do good for other people. So who gives a shit um it was fine it was good it was cool it was great it was fine i there are other we talked about them in our what the oscar nominees that should have been there are a bunch of other performances that definitely deserved it more but he's due for a nomination and and that's we'll get to see him uh graciously nod as someone else takes the stage on oscar night and maybe clap and and you know whatever the case is um because because there was a similar situation i don't know did you have a chance to see the sag awards I did not watch them. No. Okay. I've been listening to a lot of content about them. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've I watched mean, some some speeches from it. Can't help myself. Yeah. 
I think I think next year we should plan on covering it because I, I actually enjoyed watching it. To be honest with you, those are great. Like those are yeah. that is to me between like BAFTAs, Globes, whatever else. Mm-hmm. Those to me are the most exciting one. You basically have a bunch of celebrities in the room rewarding each other and they're getting nods from their peers, which always means more than getting it yeah. from just whoever else is in the Academy. So like even in Michelle Yeoh's speech, she's getting emotional and it's, and yeah. I've heard folks say this one technically means more to them. It's not as prestigious necessarily, yeah. but it has more impact on emotionally for the, the winners. Cause they go, Oh my goodness, my peers who I'm working with and who I love and I'm passionate. We're in yeah. a union together got each other's backs they have shown love and that's that's special yeah i mean it, it's 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 interesting because yeah all of that is true and it, it's kind of like you know when you work in a an office environment and you get given an award for best attendance or whatever stupid stuff that they do at offices and office parties <laughs> okay renee yeah that's an example <laughs> of an award that they might give someone <laughs> okay well okay what, what i so uh, if you if you all didn't know, Blake and I we worked together at one point, uh, and we worked together for quite a bit. I think it was like a good two years, right? Uh, two or th- yeah, you know, or three years maybe. I don't know. Great, uh, a great couple years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, we we've gone through these kind of things, and I think I don't know if you were there when I was awarded the Night Owl Award. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Basically, it's an award for someone who works at late at night. You know, like overtime and stuff like that. You know, and I'm like, yay, you recognize that I'm a hard worker. So where's my money? Uh, and of course, you know, the dude just laughs and kind of just shrugs it off and everything like that. Um, you got an award. What are you talking about? No, I, th- I thought they gave you that because of your bulging eyeballs. It was because you work late. Yeah. And, and why did you work late, Renee? What time did your day start? Let's not get well, into my... it. We can't handle it. We can't do office gossip here. It, it, it's but, fine. Uh, it, it, knowing yeah. Renee this scenes is quite a retreat. Let me tell you that. That's how we. That's how we started this whole thing. Is we were just vibing on our lunch break, yeah. talking about, about yeah. movie time. Well, I mean, it it just it, it helped us stay sane, you know, because like we, there were days where we were just like losing our minds because of all the craziness happening at the office, right? So it definitely helped us kept going. I'm glad I was there to inspire you, Renee. Oh, definitely, yeah, for sure. Um, Speaking of which, what have what have what have you been seeing lately? Which is the question we always ask each other when we see each other. No, absolutely. So, um, well, there was a re. Oh, I brought up the SAG Awards only because, yeah, I think next year we should cover it. Um, Number two, uh, Bill Nye was there, and when he lost, obviously he did the. They had the whole camera on him thing, and he was like clapping. He it looked like he was so bored. First of all, I think he knew he wasn't going to win. So he was just there. He's just being like, held hostage in these fancy parties. Yeah. And I'm assuming, <laughs> at least based on his character in Love Actually, this guy likes to party. He's right. Like, yep. Is it uh, after party time or no? I have enough money. I could have a lot of fun tonight. I just can't <laughs> wait for this thing to end. Just yeah. being stuck and watching other people win. You're like, please don't nominate me. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There was a, another actress who looked like she was miserable there. I'm not going to mention her and talk about her now. Maybe we could talk about that in our Oscar ballot episode, but she just looked so miserable and she was just not having it. Um, but anyway, um, I, I really liked that awards ceremony and I loved how they pay tribute to 
I forgot who the uh, the older uh, Chinese actor is, but he's been in everything. I remember. Um, but it was so nice to hear his speech, and yeah, that was like so so cool. So James Hong has got a lot of love, that's it. and it was nice yeah. to see that when yeah. it's it's one of those it's past due, and that's part of what we're talking about with like everything everywhere, their momentum yeah. and their love fest that they keep having. It's mm-hmm. so nice to see when they do that, and he's the main cast member who hasn't been nominated. And so yeah. seeing him get love like that's been, been seeing him get love like that was delightful. That was a special yeah. place to do it too. No, it was it was great. So yeah, so if, if you are subscribed to the channel and you happen to stick with us for like another year, and we hope you do, um, we're definitely going to be covering the SAG Awards next year because I think it, it's a fun ceremony. It's a fun uh, thing to watch, um, and and plus you know it's it's on YouTube. So we could easily just cover it, com- you know, commentate on it and all that stuff like that. And, you know, easy peasy and all that. I do like the fact that they partnered up with Netflix, too, to kind of show it on Other the way platform. Around. My understanding is next year it's on Netflix, but because Netflix wasn't ready to do live content yet, they put it on Netflix's YouTube channel. Oh, I, I see what you mean. That's, yeah, that's yeah, the situation. Yeah. So next year it yeah. could be a Netflix thing, but still. It will just be on Netflix. Think. Yeah, but it's still. It's, and it's maybe so, they'll do a both. I don't know. They're yeah. still figuring it out. It, it'll be easily accessible to a lot of people, and I and I think that that's really the key point there. And their numbers anything, were great. Yeah, By the morning after they they matched their numbers from last year, and that's nice to see because you don't get good news on award show viewing numbers. Yeah. lately. Yeah, it's and been I about think, a decade, and, so that was nice. Yeah, and I think if anything, this is this should be assigned to the Academy that maybe network television isn't the route to take anymore. Um, if Especially if they're worried about numbers and views and all that stuff like that. Maybe partnering up with a, a platform like Netflix or something could be the route to go. Um, who knows? We'll see. Uh, but I, I just thought they did a great job. And that's really, it shows you how an award ceremony could go if it's done in a way where they're not worried about advertisers, they're not worried about all that other stuff like that. The one thing I will say though, and then I'll I'll move on to what I watched. um, I thought it was hilarious when every time they had a mini break, which wasn't really a commercial break, but everyone was like walking around and the presenters had to wait for everyone to sit down. It became a little painful sometimes where they're like, all right, everyone take your seats. We're, 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 We're continuing the show right now. And it had to wait. So I thought that was like pretty funny. Um, but as far as like what I watched, so I didn't watch anything uh, Oscar related this past week. Um, I did rewatch Creed 2, which I think was very key going into Creed 3. And we'll talk about that later. But what I did get a chance to watch is I saw an advanced screening of the new movie Champions. The, the Bobby Ferrelli movie that is coming out in a week, uh, starring Woody Harrelson, Caitlin Olsen, um, uh, the duo there. And the one thing I, I will say is prior to seeing the movie, I was curious about this movie. You know, the Ferrelli brothers have been synonymous for comedy movies in the 90s. You know, something about there's something about Mary, uh, me, myself and Irene. So many like hits but also a lot of misses one thing i also kind of worried about too was that their brand of humor was good for a certain period that stuff doesn't really necessarily track today right and i was a little worried going into this especially because of the subject matter 
where it could be very cringeworthy. It could be another The Ringer situation. And if you don't know what that is, The Ringer is a movie that Johnny Knoxville did. Almost similar premise, except it involves really the Special Olympics. And the the biggest controversy there was that you had actual, real, non-disabled actors playing intellectually disabled people. And that was like a major uh, you know, kind of uh, controversy. You still had... Uh, intellectually disabled actors in the movie, but it was like a half and half thing. Um, in this movie, all the intellectual disabled people are actually intellectually disabled. And they're all, you know, they're all either actors or people that they had hired to be in the movie. And the one thing that I appreciated that they did was that they put the light on them, you know, with their disabilities earlier on. But then as soon as they did that, they totally forgot it afterwards. And they just, everyone was just people. And I thought that was the key thing that they needed to do there and not harp on it and make fun of it the whole time, you know, because yeah, you, 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 you kind of get laughs about their quirkiness and like, you know, this guy, he does this and this guy, he does that, you know, that's kind of what he does. Get that out of the way early. Don't harp on it throughout the whole movie, you know? Um, and then the rest of the movie was just basically Woody Harrelson learning how to work and coach a team that actually didn't even want him there, you know, and all that stuff like that. So it became very heartwarming, very touching. It, it became like really like a, one of those like comedic dramas um, where you would have normally have seen this like in one of the older sports related movies like The Replacements or, yeah, I could name so many different other sports movies that had similar situations, right? Or by the end of the movie, yeah. To- totally, yeah. Yes, yeah. And at the end of the movie, everyone gets together. Everyone's in love with each other. Everyone's our friends. They're all friends. And, you know, obviously they keep going, doing what they're doing and all that stuff. Like that. I'm not going to spoil anything now. But um, I was pleasantly surprised on how much I actually enjoyed it. It's not a great movie, um, but it was a, it for something again that I was on the fence on. I'm actually really happy that I had a chance to see it because it made me realize, oh, you know what, this is actually a pretty decent movie, and I think people will get a kick out of it when they when they when they decide to watch it. Is it um, uh, a cinema movie? No. Do you have to go to the movie theaters to watch it? No. I, I think this is like a perfect Netflix. Apple Plus TV, that type of platform movie that you could just watch from home. And I think it'll it'll be just as good as my experience was when I saw it in the theater. Um, the reason why I got a chance to see it, too, was because, you know, Regal does these like mystery movie nights where they kind of like they choose a Monday in a, like in a, uh, during the month and they are allowed to advance screen a movie that's coming out soon. But the thing is, they don't tell you what it is. So it's like a mystery thing. And I've been to several of these already. One, this is probably the most packed I've been. I, I've been at one of these. Like the, the the theater was actually pretty packed for this showing. For, for, for a movie that not a lot of people know what's, what's happening, right? And then number two, when people found out what movie it was, normally in the past, I've seen a good amount of people leave. They're like, I don't want to watch this. Uh, like, wow, you know, interesting. Yeah, okay. um, like Spirited. Spirited was one of those where I saw oh, it in the gosh. theater, and like <laughs> half the theater left. 
You know, they're like, oh, wow. I don't want to see this musical, all that kind of stuff. That in this showing, uh, I'm talking about like a good 70% packed house. Two people left, only two. Everyone else stuck around and watched, and people were laughing and they were like kind of cheering at the end and all that. So I think people were also surprised on how much they enjoyed and liked this movie a lot. So that should say something for this movie. And I think, again, the people that I was with are more of your general audience. So I think this movie will do well, not at the box office, but I think if people give it a chance once they hit streaming. So I was really, really happy I had a chance to see it. Were you familiar with this movie uh, about it coming out? You know, Familiar with it and also the Woody Harrison on SNL. I'm an SNL fan. Yeah. Yeah. Most of all, mm-hmm. though, I grew up playing sports and those were mm-hmm. like my favorite movies growing up. Oh, yeah. Which I'm glad we're, we're going to get into Creed 3 because, goodness yeah. gracious, if I wasn't raised on Rocky movies and those were super <laughs> significant and the ones I listed earlier on and on, I saw the poster and thought, oh no, Woody Harrelson's taking a step back from Triangle of Sadness and thinking it might be more one of those. I'm thinking like bench warmers, the John Hader, Rob Schneider type or basketball. Right. like looking like right, it right. might be that genre. And yeah. I'm glad to hear it's at least not horrid National Lampoon late era trash. So that's promising. I'll probably, I can't help myself but watch a sports movie and yeah. it, it, I'm curious. I'm curious. More curious. More likely to see it now after you told me about it. So thank you, and I'm glad you glad you stuck it out. Then it sounds like it wasn't at least it wasn't the the absolute trash that I was worried it was when I, when I saw the the poster. I didn't even know what the plot or what it was about or the team or anything. It was just like right. Woody Harrelson sports movie. Like okay, because um, it's not the best genre. Which I mean, again, no. we're gonna get into Creed three in a second. Yeah. It's a tough genre to make great movies in. It's just like, you know, it's kind of like horror or something like that, where like a lot of people mm-hmm. are going to go see it because people like sports. They like the subject matter. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll let you know once I once I check that one out. Yeah. And, and like I said, it is, I mean, I know you lo- enjoy going to the theater and watching movies there. You don't necessarily have to with this one. Like it, you'll be, it'll be just as good watching it from home. Um, so I, I, I will say like, it's not one of those, you have to rush out in the theater to watch it, but it, it, give it a shot. I say, I would say, give it a shot. I, the performances were really good. I, of course, Woody's Woody, you know, I thought he did a really good job. I'm not familiar with Caitlin Olsen and I thought she did a pretty good job in it too. Um, uh, but everyone else was actually really good. Cheech, Cheech Marin is in it. Uh, I thought he he did a good job. Ernie Hudson, those of you who are Ghostbusters fans will know, uh, he did a pretty good job in it. There is one actress, though, that was brilliant. I'm not going to mention who she is, but when you watch it, you'll know who I'm talking about. She, every time she's on the screen, she steals, she steals the moment, 100%. And she is brilliant. Um, so... Every time she was on the screen, she said something. The lady next to me was always cheering, hooting, hollering because she's like, yeah, you go, girl. I love her. She will be like that the whole time um, because she definitely has sass and attitude, uh, which is great. Uh, so, yeah, so that's champions right there. And uh, like I said, it, it, it could have been it could have gone a whole different way and it could have been like a very cringy type of movie. Uh, but I'm glad that it didn't turn out to be that way. So. So, yeah, so. Those of you who are listening and watching, let me know if that is a movie that might interest you. Maybe that's a movie that you're willing to see. Um, and uh, yeah, let us know in the comments about all that. Um, before we get into our Creed discussion, I'll be uh, remiss if I didn't mention that 
The Big Lebowski is celebrating its 25th anniversary. It's kind of shocking that it's been 25 years that The Big Lebowski came out. Um, and I remember watching this movie in the theater. And it's also kind of good timing, too, because we were talking about the SAG Awards and um, Sam Elliott just won an award there. And he actually is a prominent figure in this movie. He's like the narrator of the movie. Um, and I thought he did like a really good job. But obviously, you know, Big Lebowski, you got, um, oh, my God, I am blanking on his name right now. Um, who, who, Jeff who Bridges. Plays? Jeff Bridges. There you go. Um, who is actually really big right now because of the show Old Man that a lot of people were praising and, and all that stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I saw this in the movie theater 25 years ago. And I, I wanted to bring this up, too, because it's actually a pretty funny story. This was definitely during the time when I was starting to get really more into non-blockbuster, all the, you know, sci-fi, all that stuff like that. That's what This is when my horizons on movies started really, really opening up. Um, I'm like several years like into after watching like Pulp Fiction, Clerks, all that stuff. And I'm like, wow, movies can be like this. Now I want to see like more, you know, I, I, I think Rushmore came out be, just before this too, I believe, uh, or, or around the same time. So you could kind of see where my mindset was. Um, and, and I was like, I, I, I am so fascinated and interested in seeing all these other movies from all these different type of directors. And I recommended it to two of my friends and we all went together. The three of us went together. About 10 minutes, 15 minutes into the movie, they left. <laughs> and they just decided to leave me in the theater. Like, we can't take this movie right now. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, give it a chance. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like, we're going to go. We're going to go to the, we're going to go to the mall. Uh, let us know when you're done. And I'm like. <laughs> I, I don't think they were just offended. Yeah, it just, they were not. I, I think that's really what it was. Yeah, it was, it was maybe too quirky for them or, you know, it was, I mean, at that point, you already had, you know, the meeting with Donnie and, and Jesus. And, you know, so you're, you're, you're learning about, you know, the regular crew that he hangs out with, um, his little, like, you know, uh, dudisms and all that kind of stuff like that and i was eating it all up i was like this movie is so brilliant and you know it's really funny yeah it's a little out there but i mean that's i think it, that was done on purpose you know because here's this guy who lives such a simple life right he has like these simple pleasures and he gets himself into these unique circumstances that you know no one would ever thought he would get into. And it's the dude just trying to get out of these circumstances and how he handles all that stuff. And it's like, you know, you follow him through all these adventures, all the different people that he meets, uh, the little ransom and all that stuff like that. And then un the unfortunate dying of Donnie um, outside of the bowling alley with the confrontation and everything. I mean, everything was pretty absurd. And I loved it. And I think that's one of those movies that really introduced like absurdity to me um, on another level, because I think it's easy to say that like Pulp Fiction is a pretty absurd movie when you look at it. Right. And when you watch it. 
But Lebowski was even more so in, in a different way. And I, I learned, I was like, wow, movies like this, like this are magical for me. And I really, really appreciate it right away. A lot of people I've heard hated the movie when they first watched it. And then they gave it another chance later on. And they're like, wait a minute, now we get it and all that. But me, it got me right away. Um, what is your experience, Blake, uh, watching Lebowski? And what were your thoughts on it? So I would have been too young for Lebowski when it came uh, out, but I was aware okay. of it by the time we're hitting high school. Mm-hmm. And part of my only issue with Lebowski is it was overhyped. Um, uh, the friend group I found myself getting into in high school are the exact people who made this occult movie. Um, gotcha. To use the Paris phrase line, uh, the motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wastoids, dweebies, dickheads. They all mm-hmm. adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> and that's how all the, all of those folks, the skaters and the punks and the crust punks and the everybody, like that's how they all felt about Big Lebowski. It was one of those dorm room poster movies by that yeah. point. So I had the opposite experience. I think yours might've actually helped where you're seeing people get turned away and it's like, oh, that's, mm-hmm. that makes it even cooler, edgier. Yeah. My experience was the opposite. It was so overhyped. I was thinking like this movie is going to change my life. And I okay. saw, I think I finally saw it in college and I was like, oh yeah, that was really, that was good. That was entertaining. I liked it. I thought it was good. I love, I love the Coen brothers. It's, it's yeah. kind of sad. Like their career in the last, we're looking at 10 yeah. years since their last like proper hit with Inside Lewin Davis. And even that's more like a critic's choice. Right. Before that, it's like No Country for Old Men 2017. Kind of like the last time it was a knock out of the park. Everyone's going to the theater to see their movies. But they have, like, it's very easy for me to put a couple few of their movies in my top 20 movies all time. Um, so I, I, I like Lebowski. I enjoyed it. I'm not trying to say anything against Lebowski at all. I think you seeing it the way you did, where you're in a theater and folks are walking out, is going to make you appreciate <laughs> it even more. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a while. That's 20. You said 25 years? 25 years. That- yeah. Okay, um, that's that's the, the anniversary goodness, but yeah, that's that's awesome. It's it's a classic, and it's uh, I think it has a reputation as a big cult classic now, and yeah, now a for loved sure. movie. What'd you say? I said now for sure. Yeah, more so yeah, yeah. than it was back then. Yeah, yeah. So if you go into it, just know that it's a weird movie, and at the time uh, there weren't many movies like this being made on this level, and, and yeah. enjoy. Yeah, no, definitely. And in like you said, like it introduced me to the Coen brothers. And because of this movie, I went back and I watched Fargo because Fargo came out two years prior. And I was like, why haven't I seen this movie before? It was like like a revelation for me, you know, and I remember, again, falling in love with that movie, too. Um, and, you know, then just every time they would come out with another movie, I would just eagerly anticipate it. You know, I know after Lebowski, they came up with Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And then like you said, No Country for Old Men. True Grit, I thought was brilliant too. I really, really love that movie. Um, and I I forgot, or I, I had to be reminded that they also did Raising Arizona, which is like a very huge classic from the 80s that I also really enjoyed, but I didn't make that connection back then. Because again, I was not into like the directors and all that stuff like that. I was like, oh, this is a cool movie. Nick Cage, man, he's the man, you know, all that stuff like that. 
Um, but then once I really started to learn about that stuff and get more immersed in it, then I was like, wow, okay. Now I get it. Now I'm understanding all that stuff like that. So, so yeah. So let us know in the comments, Big Lebowski. Um, was that a movie that you were into? Is that a movie like, did you have a similar experience like I did where maybe you, you saw it for the first time, you didn't know anything about it. You didn't hear anything about it. And you're just like, whoa, what was this? Or did you have a similar experience like Blake, which I'm sure a lot of people probably have where you just heard so many people talk about it and praise it and all that. And then when you watch it, you're like, wait a minute. I don't get it. Like, why Why do people love this movie so much? Uh, let us know in the comments because I know this is the type of movie that affects people differently, for sure. Um, and I've heard all, all sides of the spectrum. Either they really hated it, they really loved it, or they were kind of like in the middle and all that stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely let us know in the comments as we celebrate 25 years of The Big Lebowski. So... Since we're talking about Creed and we all know Creed comes from the Rocky universe, look at these awesome Rocky t-shirts that you could possibly get yourself. You have everything from Mr. T, you have the OG Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed. You know, you have these nice, oh, look at that. You do have Creed shirts here as well. Creed versus Dame newly added. Look at that. Just in time for this movie that we're going to be talking about. Of course, you have Rocky and ooh, look at this, the Italian stallion Rocky in a GTA form. Look, if any of these shirts look great for you, then definitely check out 80stees.com. Special link in the description below. Get yourself something cool and you're going to be helping support the channel as well. So whether you're a fan of the 80s, 90s or all the other E's, you could find something else that will be really cool for you. Or if you're just a fan of Rocky and you want some of these Rocky shirts, why don't you grab something for yourself or for a loved one right now? Again, link in the description below. Find yourself your next nostalgic fit. All that said, ding, ding, ding. Speaking of classics. Let's get ready to rumble in the jungle, in Africa, on the streets. I don't know where we're going to be rumbling, but we're going to be rumbling Los here. Los Angeles. Los the Angeles. The battle for Los Angeles. The battle when, for LA. <laughs> they, they did talk about the rumble in the jungle earlier. They on, did. But yes, yeah. The battle for the soul of Los Angeles. The soul, the, the heart, you know, the, the king of LA. And that is Creed 3. Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. Um, so, starring, of course, Jonathan Majors, Tessa Thompson, uh, Wood Harris, Alicia Rashad. You know, the same usual cast of characters that you were familiar with in the previous Creed movies. Well, of course, Jonathan Majors being the new one. Uh, also, a big shout out to uh, Myla Davis-Kent, who plays the daughter. Um, so just to briefly, re you know, kind of recap the, the premise of the movie without spoiling anything just yet. Uh, you have Creed, who is... Uh, they don't really mention this in the trailer, so I don't really want to say... But let's just say that he finds himself in a different stage of his career and he comes across a childhood friend that he totally, you know, forgot about that they used to roll together, but was in jail, recently got out. And now this kid, the his friend has a major chip, chip on his shoulder, major, because it's Jonathan Majors, um, huge chip on his shoulder. And he wants a championship because he claims that that should have been me. You know, the, you know, I'm in jail watching you get all these acclaims that should have happened to me instead. So I'm going to be the champ. I'm going to take it back and all that. And that's basically the premise of the movie and all that. 
I am going to let you go into your your first initial thoughts and opinions of the movie because the last time we talked about it on the ep- on an episode you didn't want anything spoiled i remember you're like i yeah. love the creed movies i love yeah. the rocky movies i would kind of yeah. want to go into it fresh i only saw the one trailer and that's all i wanted to see so with all that being said how was your reaction to the movie how was the, your theater reaction how was your experience and overall thoughts Sure. So as I mentioned earlier, was raised on the Rocky movies. I was young when they came out. And I think in middle, not when they came out, I was young when I binge watched them because all first five had been out. Even in mid school, middle school, I was like, mm, Rocky five is not a good movie, right? Like I didn't, I'd seen like 100 <laughs> movies in my life. I was like, that's a bad one. Uh, other than that, number four was my favorite. I love that if he dies, he dies. I have a Drago movie. Uh, that's a debate we can have name a time and place and I'll have it that said grew up on him and then Rocky Balboa comes out Rocky mm-hmm. six if you will uh, as I'm an adult and I was pleasantly surprised by that one yeah. I, I know a lot of folks were like wait was that the best Rocky movie somehow uh, even though you're thinking it might just be uh, trying to cash a check and then I'm full all in on Michael B. Jordan after the movie Chronicle and Ryan Coogler doing uh, movies after Fruitvale Station. And I think it yeah. goes Fruitvale Station, Black Panther, Creed, maybe. So maybe there's another one I'm, there, I'm missing there. But at that point, I'm all in on the, on the possibility of a Creed movie at all. Mm-hmm. Hyped for it. And then I see it and was fully into it. To the point the debate is now like, is this the best Rocky movie of all time? in the Rocky cinematic universe, the RCU. (laughs) I loved, 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 thank you. I loved Creed. Uh, I think, I I could be wrong if I'm missing uh, anything else major, but I think that is, at that point, Michael B. Jordan's headline career, a movie of his career at that point. And it is fully, we knew he's got star potential. We knew he's got charisma. At that point, he is a full-blown front of the movie poster star and the movie is a success critically box office etc then uh creed 2 is happening it's changing hands of directors mm-hmm. i remember saying that was a fine boxing movie i enjoy boxing movies in general i like boxing i'm not only my sports fan i enjoy watching boxing matches i just remember thinking afterward like okay that was more of a cash the check sequel to creed they're gonna make it anyway and not fully loving it so when creed 3 is announced i know i'm still gonna go see it i'm in regardless i just my expectations are definitely lower at that point Mm -hmm. like you said saw a trailer said i'm gonna go see this no matter what don't want to know what's what uh jonathan majors was unavoidable We're, we're this is the year of the jonathan majors movie what a year he's on movie posters himself like yeah. this dude is full now full-blown movie star oh yeah love to see it and that's all i knew going into it i show up i'm about 10 minutes late but you know we still got trailers there's a line in front of me for the popcorn there's about 10 to 15 um a group of 10 to 15 young to middle-aged men who are very aggressive energy just clogging up the line yelling at each other pulling pranks on each other kind of like, <laughs> okay. like just some 
some real old school New York bro energy. I don't know how else uh-huh. to describe it. Um, I was fully peeved at that moment. I was like, okay, this, these, and then they have now taken the entire front row, including my seat. I was like, oh, I'm not no. going to let this ruin my day. I'm not going to engage because yeah. I know that these dudes would love, like they all seemed at least half drunk. So I just went, found a seat in the middle in the back. It was, the theater was quarter full, but it was the late showing. So folks mm-hmm. who were excited to go see Creed 3 probably saw this 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. This was the yeah. 1045 in a theater a little out of the way. Yeah, Still a decent showing for that that time on an opening night. Sit kind of middle of the back, just minding my business. Happy to be away from that group. And lo and behold, they talked the entire movie. Their phones oh. were out. They're yelling at each other. They're making jokes, saying inappropriate things at every single actor who comes on the screen, etc. Let me tell you this. Couldn't take it. Couldn't take the experience away. I loved Creed 3. I had a great okay. time. I partially, it was more like a fight night vibe because of the raucous crowd. So I think in a way that <laughs> added to it, my guess just going on hunches that these dudes are like in a boxing gym together or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But there was something about the energy of that crowd. There were multiple mm. times they all applauded together. So even though they were like not fully in the movie they were definitely into every time there was a boxing scene we had people yelling like oh damn oh shit okay go no with the light like fully into it and that actually added to it like if you could see this at msg with a bunch of boxing fans that might be the best way to watch this movie unlike all other movies ever so maybe that helped um the sound this movie is really good about sound Michael B. Jordan did a couple special things and he had a couple tricks up his sleeve with how he handled the directing of this movie and the the direction of these characters' lives. I did enjoy how this one felt more intense than some of them. To me, when I'm watching a boxing movie, the first Rocky, I rewatched it last week. I had a friend who'd never seen it before and we were going to go see Creed 3 together. He'd never seen any of the Rockies and he's a sports and movie-loving dude. I was like, how, how? Just come over, put it on. And he enjoyed it. He goes, I see why this is a classic, but also it's a pretty slow movie. We're not getting into fighting. It's until, a drama. I want to say halfway. Yeah, it's much more of a drama it's that a happens drama. to have a boxing match at the end. Yeah. As time goes on, we start to get ones where there's two fights in it and sure. lives are at stake. And we're seeing giant rises and falls of careers, Greek mythology level, and the action being two fights plus a street fight on the side and all right. that. I, as someone who enjoys boxing, don't mind that. If you have a weak stomach, like I know my mom loves movies, but can't stand watching people get punched and bloodied. Don't, you're not going to like this one. This one is just as intense as the more recent ones, which was another reason why I really liked Creed and what they did. The problem is the editing on the old Rocky movies. They were good at the time. They're still, they hold up, but the editing is kind of whack compared to modern fight standards because you see them cut right before a punch lands and the sound effects are a little cornier, et cetera. These movies, they fully bring you in to to the experience. Uh, The sound, the visuals, the intensity of it, the slow-mo, and you're watching bodies, every muscle ripples, and there's a moment where someone gets a belly shot, and you see the slow-mo sweat fly off of their back after Mm -hmm. the stomach ripples, wild. Um, We'll get into a couple more specifics of the cast and the directing and some decisions there, but overall... I was 
absolutely enamored by Creed three. It was the kind of movie where afterward I decided I need to look into boxing gym memberships. And oh. then remember, this is something I do after I really enjoy a great movie <laughs> and brought into it and decided to uh, do a little more research before I make any big commitments. But that's how sucked into this movie I was. And uh-huh. um, a- a- absolutely. I-, I was, I was into it. Nice. No, I'm, I'm glad those guys didn't ruin the experience for you because <laughs> I know how easily that could be done. You and I, we talked about instances that we've had where our, our movie experiences were ruined because of some stupid people, whether it's because they kept acting up or they wouldn't shut up or they wouldn't put their phone away or whatever the case is. Or they were taking the pictures of the screen with their flash on when Lady Gaga popped up and started oh board my and God, her don't, name. That sounds so fun. What? Don't get don't you dare get me started on that. Because <laughs> to this day I have not yet I have not rewatched A Star is Born because of that Dude, that so whole good. incident. Dude, I know. You've got to. I, I should. Like I should I, you'll just worry you'll get worked up again. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the, the PTSD is gonna kick in and I'm just gonna hear like some out, off tune, out of key girl next to me singing along with all her music and there and yeah and taking pictures every time she's on the damn screen um yeah not a fun situation but no i'm glad you enjoyed it i'm glad you had a good time and i'm glad you liked it i'll get into the theater my theater experience first before i get into my thoughts on the movie um I also so, I saw know it. if you saw it in IMAX specifically because I missed that I had to no okay. I, I I just I'm gonna go back yeah. it was filmed for IMAX I yeah. think I'm gonna rewatch mm-hmm. it with that because I love a good intense boxing scene and if it's made for that that might yeah. actually help even more which is interesting because and I think one of the reasons why I had to watch it at the, the a nighttime showing like I went to it was like a 1040 showing was because all the earlier showings that they only had at the theater I go to was only RPX showings. Um, Because, again, like you said, it was filmed for IMAX. And RPX is kind of similar to like an IMAX situation, you know, very enhanced picture and sound. Um, And I feel like in other locations, the IMAX showings were the ones that took priority over regular digital showings. So in my theater for a Thursday, the only one standard screen showing they had was at 1040 which was very interesting i've never seen that before so i'm like all right i'm gonna go see it uh it doesn't really affect me that much um the theater was i would say like maybe for a thursday night like that was like 75 80 percent capacity which is a lot a lot of people yeah people i felt people were hyped for this movie for sure um i felt like there was like that air like at, in the atmosphere that people were like oh i've been waiting for this movie you know i've been like really hyped up about it and all that um there was one person that kept going to the bathroom and it was like the same person which was kind of weird yeah and it was like every it was like on a on a cycle like every 25 minutes that person was going to the bathroom and it was a little distracting because i would just see it on my peripheral and it's the same person. It was just always like the slow walk down the stairs, the slow walk up the stairs. I'm like, and he, they, I don't know if it was a guy or a girl, was wearing like a white hoodie. So stood out. <laughs> like did not like really like blend with anything. So, but you know, people have their, they do what they have to do. I think throughout the movie, people were um, excited but I also feel like people were kind of confused. 
um, at certain times. And then at the end of the movie, I felt uh, I'll 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 explain because um, uh, I feel like it may be along the same lines of my feelings. Um, okay. At the very end of the movie, I feel like people were kind of like, "Oh, that was nice, but that's it." Um, even though it at times it felt long, the movie for me. I don't know if they felt the same. I, I didn't like stand outside and like interviewed any of them as they were leaving. <laughs> Although that would be kind of interesting if I did that. Uh, <laughs> like a quick survey. It's like, so what did you think of the movie? Best moment, worst moment, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think in, in, in general, people thought it was a good movie. I didn't like, it. I did not like this movie. And uh, yeah. And it's, it's like I said, it's a good thing. I watched the second movie going into this movie because it made me do a good comparison on the tone that the last movie had and the tone that this movie had. I went through most of this movie missing something. I felt like there was something obviously missing for me in this movie. I thought about it for, I think so. And I think the reason why is because if you looked at the the last movie and, and just the Rocky movies in general, there was always like a lot of heart in those movies. You know, there's always like some uplifting moment where you had this one person that maybe is going through some shit and the other person is trying to like lift them up, encourage them. You're better than this. You can do it. Always believe in yourself. All that kind of stuff like that. Not saying that this, that wasn't here, but I felt like it wasn't at the same level like the other movies had. Tessa Thompson played a good part in that, just like she did in the la- in the previous two movies. You know, she did what she did, and she was really good at it. She still continued to be really good at it. Yeah. In a way. Totally, yeah. In a way. But they're both kind of, like, giving him a hard time and antagonistic, not just, like... Right. Not just what Rocky does is, like, the, no, I can't coach you, I can't train you, you're a bum, whatever, and then come around and root for him. It was, like, there were more obstacles to him. Right. Right, and he was trying to overcome his own personal demons, which was the only when he's you know training against a mirror and looking in right. the mirror, and then he looks across the ring and sees the younger version of his friend, etc. It was more of a battle right. with himself, which is a lot of what the, you know. Rocky has a whole speech about that in the first Creed movie, where right. that's the toughest opponent in the ring is yourself, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. There isn't that guy in the corner, literally of mm-hmm. their life, where okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm going to put up the spoilers uh, thing right now so that we could just freely start talking about it, um, which is which is fine. I, I think it's it's good to do that now. Um, I not only did I feel like something was missing, but I also felt like the quality of Michael B. Jordan's acting suffered a little bit. There was a difference. And if you watched the first two Creed movies and compared it to this, I do feel like there was a complete difference there. Now, it made me question, is Michael B. Jordan a really good actor? Because he is now leading this movie strictly by himself without the crutch of a Sylvester Stallone there, right? Now, we've seen him lead some movies on his own as well, but he was also being directed by somebody else. I personally think that because he was directing this movie himself, it may have, may have, and again, this is just my opinion, for me, may have interfered a little bit with his acting on screen. And we, we've heard stories before about 
actor directors how they always say it's so difficult to do both sometimes and if i had a choice i wouldn't right you know like we've ben affleck talked about it um you know so many people and i've heard interviews all the time this being his first time maybe he won't admit it now but i i would i wonder if maybe if there was like a retrospective five years from now if he would come out and say you know what if I were to do things differently, maybe I would do this differently or whatever the case is. All right. So I just want to get that out of the way that that could be a possibility for me that there. And yeah, we're not going to fully, you know, face off, get an arena and I'm not going to become your, know, your yeah. worst enemy. Uh, this might be the moment where we become each other's nemesis, but we'll talk it <laughs> out first at least. It's possible because part of his character's trajectory in this movie is, I can't talk about my problems. I'm stoic. I'm, yeah. and he also isn't overcoming poverty in the same way. He's more instead overcoming bad memories from the past. And it's much more internal. It's mm-hmm. possible his choices and he's more reserved and not doing as good of a, a job of acting overtly because the idea is he's not expressing himself, which is might make it look like it's a bad performance, even though right. it is truer to the story at hand. That said, it's, there's a version of this movie where another director gets a great performance out of him and says, yes, that's true, but also this. Or maybe you could try that, yeah. you know, something like that. And yeah. similar to if he's the only star of the movie, if he's also the main voice on the directions that this movie takes, maybe there's not another person there, a Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. or Ryan Coogler to say, hey, try this. Or maybe you could. Yeah. So that's a possibility is that if he's getting in his own way and or overwhelmed by the process and so maybe doesn't have the the bandwidth i didn't view it as bad acting i don't this is a criticism i have for some actors who are highly charismatic and great mm-hmm. personalities and they're and they're not necessarily great actors in the philip sumer Hoffman, daniel day lewis meryl streep type of way yeah um i'm thinking of like a leonardo dicaprio a will smith a sylvester mm-hmm. stallone some people are going to say they're great that's fine and if it works on you that's great these are folks I view as they're a personality on the screen, but they, to me, I still see them as celebrities at the forefront of the frame. Sure. Yeah. And they don't necessarily embody the emotions and the, the history and the full life of the character. I'm more so watching a celebrity do a good job of acting, sometimes great. Mm-hmm. But I don't think of Michael B. Jordan necessarily as a great capital A actor inside mm-hmm. the actor studio actor whatever i think of him more as a movie poster guy and if he were to be the salesman at your company he'd be the best salesman and he would sell the oh, most cars that totally. year totally if yeah. he's doing commercials for someone it's going to be the best commercial like he yeah. is big megawatt smile i'm almost thinking like a tom cruise might be a comparison in a way like i could see this dude doing giant action movies for 30 years and and being a star in that type of way and sometimes doing a great acting performance, but more so relying on their charisma, their charm, their personality, mm-hmm. their looks, et cetera. So overall, I'm not, I also didn't think he did a great job, but I don't think it detracted from my enjoyment of the movie, especially yeah. the boxing scenes. Me more so, there was a couple decisions he made as a director I'll get into. I'll, I'll, I'll hand it back over, I'll get to that in a minute. But it was yeah. me, a couple decisions he made as a director that I didn't necessarily love or took me out of the moment. Yeah, yeah, and I've heard other people kind of refer to him as a face actor. He's just like a face, right? So it's very much in alignment of what you just said. And I think that is true to a certain extent. I do feel like, again, under the tutelage of another director, 
we will get a chance to see like the best of him come out. You know, again, you go back to Fruitville Station. Oh my God, brilliant performance there. Like, you know, you go back to his portrayal of Killmonger in, in Black Panther. Now we're talking three Ryan Coogler's. I didn't think about that before. That's kind of interesting. Exactly. Maybe they should and work together more often. Maybe they should be like, I don't do movies unless Ryan Coogler. <laughs> I did love Chronicle. Chronicle is one of my all-time Oh, Chronicle is great, days. too. Yeah, Not absolutely. Not enough people yeah. love that movie, dude. Not enough people have seen it. The amount of times I'm like, oh, you like yeah. sci-fi and comic book movies yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Amazing movie. And he, but you know what he does in that movie? He's a face. Like, he's the star totally. quarterback with a big smile, and he's just playing yeah. it cool the whole time. Mr. Charming. And then yeah. a few times he has to get upset or worked up. We're like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Right. But it's not necessarily like Dane DeHaan in that movie is doing full-blown amazing acting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And he, like, again, he has his his role and his places in, in what he does and all that. Um, but yeah, that being said, as far as like other parts of the movie that kind of bothered me, uh, one major thing that really bothered me is the pacing, the pacing of the movie. A lot of things happen too quickly and too abruptly. Um, I I felt like there was never a good sense of time. You know, like things happen way too quick. And it kind of took me out of the... Now, I know it's a movie and there's a certain period where you have to kind of suspend your your disbelief and all that stuff like that. Um, But it got to a certain point where I just couldn't do that anymore. So I'm like, okay, you have... You have uh, Jonathan Majors who keeps uh, asking for a shot, right? He's like, I, I, need, I want a shot at the championship and all that stuff like that. And it's like, okay, it's going to take time. You have his current champ. Okay, we should mention this. So in the movie, Michael B. Jordan is retired from fighting. He is now what his dad became at one point, kind of like a promoter, a business guy, right? So he's kind of, it's like mirroring what his dad's career turned out to be. Um. So he has a champion already in his gym who is who needs a fight. He was supposed to fight uh, Victor Drago, who comes back in this movie, which I thought was very a questionable thing to do because now they're buds and now they're talking because money is involved and now it's a business where, yeah. yeah JC squashes is- beasts when it's good for this bottom line. L- who look, among us want to be like, oh, 50 mil? Yeah, I'd like to be your friend again. Look, Rocky would never go into business with Ivan Drago. I'll just say that. He would never do that. He'll just be like, hey, what are you doing here in Philly? Uh, all this stuff. And, you know, he'd be like, oh, I don't know. Maybe you should go. Again, watching the second movie helped me realize a lot of these things. I mean, so Rocky, I, for the record, became close friends with some of his other rivals, namely Apollo Creed. But whatever. Well, we'll Creed. That another time. Fine. Yeah, so, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but this was like, nemesis nemesis right and uh, i actually haven't whatever. seen two since theaters i i wanted to rewatch it ran out of time i literally I, have I would, the creed movies up now you should watch it after this but yeah. did they end the drago movie as they're still enemies or did, was it similar to some of the other rocky movies where they end with mutual respect no there wasn't any mutual respect basically it was just pure hatred it, even after just, okay. just ended and they went their separate ways because okay. it because the second movie ended with uh, Drago throwing the towel, so it the fight didn't even end in, in, in any one like clear cut lo- loser or winner. Even though you know Victor was getting the crap beat out of him for sure, so it looked like he was gonna die, but he was not giving up either. So Ivan, being the dad, 
like you don't need to prove yourself anymore, son. It became more of like a father-son story, right? And kind of in the opposite, the Stallone relationship with Creed, you know, because that's his uncle, right? And that's his like fatherly figure now that he has to look up to, which I think also was missing in this movie. Creed didn't have that fatherly figure to look up to look, you know, up to. So he had to deal with a lot of stuff on his own and it could have, it led to a lot of different choices and never in whatever the case is. But yeah, so the pacing was just a little weird because, you know, Jonathan Majors' character gets in a title shot with this new guy. He becomes champion all of a sudden in a short period of time. Now he has a mansion somewhere in LA and yeah, like it's just everything was so rushed. I felt, you know, then he of course challenges Creed and all this kind of stuff like that. And Creed wants to prove himself to shut him up. So he has to go back into fighting and blah, 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 this and that. And then like at the end, the ending even ended so abruptly where there was like momentum swinging and all that stuff like that. And it just felt like all of a sudden, oh, Creed wins, right? Creed Creed knocked out, you know, Jonathan Majors and all that stuff like that. But I, more of a, like a... It was very artistic. Very artistic, and it was yeah. like multiple rounds happened in, and yeah. timing was was a, a factor of yeah. where they're not, which is part of a difficulty with any sports movie is do we go twelve minutes later? You know, is it like a recap oh. you see on ESPN where they only show the highlights? Right. It's really difficult to do that in sports movies, and because every sports match more or less is the length uh, mm-hmm. or longer than a movie, uh, it can be really difficult to do. Unless you have a first round knockout, a third round knockout, whatever. Sure. So that because they went the distance, that's part of it, right? Yeah. Which which I didn't even realize until they announced it at the end, when they said like, "Oh, knocked out in the twelfth and final round." I was like, "That was twelve rounds." I, I was like, you know, I did one of those things where I was just like, "Wow, we really went through the whole thing." Um, it just it just didn't feel like timing was. I'm telling you, I I think it's Jonathan Majors, his character of Kang came in and messed up right. the time and it just it no, just wasn't existent sense. you know um, now that you mentioned it the fact that yeah when they went to that alternate dimension yeah was that part of the same realm was it a quantum realm was it even our universe it's hard to know these things but when you it's, do give a boxing movie but one of the characters has the ability yeah to, to time travel to become very tall very big it's not fair and it's that not. makes sense then if because at that point then maybe he was even actually messing with the reality of the time in your theater that's another possibility too yeah maybe because i had a different experience than what you just said i knew what round we were in as we were getting closer to the end yeah but that was my theater and my movie started five minutes after yours did and maybe in during that time kang from the marvel cinematic universe played by jonathan majors was totally messed up that's possible Okay, totally we got to get deep on that theory. We'll, yeah, maybe we should actually do a, a whole another side, like a, a mini series on that. Yeah, no, it totally, it totally messed it up. And and plus, I, the whole thing about Modoc was weird. And I was yeah. like, what is he doing here? And no, no, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just playing. Um, but the last things I will say is, um, there were definitely a lot of creative choices that were made that I I really question a lot. And the one thing that bothered me most is that I do feel like they really, really, really tried their best to phase out Rocky in this movie. 
Yes, he is mentioned briefly during one conversation, but all other mentions of him. No, yeah, it it was. It was Everyone like was it what? was like the big guy, a fight. Or the champ. Yeah, or, it was like yeah. a fight like that. Like you know, um, but if you looked at the trailer, <clears throat> he mentions him by name multiple times. So they, I felt like they really went out of their way to kind of phase out Rocky from this. And I don't, this I don't blame on Michael B. Jordan one bit. Uh, I I did some digging and all that stuff like that, and I think it's because uh, Sylvester Stallone has really major beef with one of the producers of the movie. Uh, someone that he's worked with for a very long time, and that's Erwin Winkler. Uh, I think Erwin Winkler made it uh, a mandate to phase Rocky out of this movie um, because of the bad blood they have between each other, uh, which is which is uh, which is unfortunate. Because again, we're talking spoilers here. So Felicia Rashad, Marianne Creed dies in this movie. She suffers from a heart attack. She, we already get hinted that she already had an attack before and there was a concern about her living on her own. And unfortunately, she does have a second one that pretty much, you know, ends her life. Very touching moment, by the way, with him and her uh, by her bedside um, and how she was seeing Apollo instead of Adonis and all that. Like, very, very touching moment. But where was, you know, Rocky would have been at that funeral. He wasn't there. And the fact that he wasn't there, it, it just felt wrong. You know, and I I felt like Rocky would have a hundred percent been there. We don't even know where Rocky is right now. You know, at the end of Creed two, he finally gathers up the courage to call his son so that he could see his grandson. And we just see him going to their house and meeting his grandson for the first time. We don't know where Rocky is since. You know, so what happened to him? You know, like it's just he just kind of like disappeared. And the one thing I find really fascinating and, I, and I, I'll be curious to hear what you think about it when you watch the second movie again. Michael Adonis gets angry at Rocky and basically calls Rocky out. It's like, you know, you, 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 you doubt me, but what are you what have you been doing with your life? You haven't been making all the right decisions. You've been living here on your own. You have nobody around you and all that stuff like that. You have no friends. You really think about it. Adonis in this movie has no friends either. He's kind of alone, you know, so he kind of fell into that same trap that Rocky was in. Now, the difference is that he has, you know, Bianca and he has his daughter. But other than that, he has a coach that he doesn't really hang out with. You know, like they're not friends, not like how Rocky was with Mickey and all that stuff like that, or Pauly, right? Adonis is alone. And I find that I found anybody, and he's got those right. demons inside. He's got his past. And he had, yeah. and also part of the movie is his best friend was sent away to prison for 18 right. years, and he doesn't want to talk about it. He was kind of separated yeah. from his family by the law, by the justice system, by his mother with the letters, yeah. et cetera. Which, yeah. sorry, I'm going to interject real quick. I don't want you to lose yeah. your train of thought where you were going, but the photograph that was in the letters that they like zoom in on with, yeah. uh, which are the major's character holding the other person's hand, like what, they're, like they're doing, that like they're doing one of these things. Yeah. Why was that so special that they zoomed in on it? So, uh, one, that was a picture that he took in prison of, I guess that's his mm -hmm. new crew and all that stuff like that. The guy that he's okay. in handshake, that he's like, giving the handshake to or, or like you know 
um, kind of uh, crossing arms with. That's the guy that injured Victor Drago at the club. Oh, that's thank you. The conspiracy, yes. which maybe is yes. real, is that guy injures Drago. Yeah, the they did a whole that... Tanya Harding thing where, like, he he thank his boy you. is the one who who hurt Victor at the club. So he would a spot would open up and he'd be given one hundred percent. Yep. Thank you. I yeah. did not remember what that dude looked like. They should have sold that a little more, unless I missed something. But they you had to pay attention. Explain... Yeah, you had to pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah, but even then, like when you're zooming in on the photograph, you think it's some because like mm-hmm. that character was barely even in that scene. Yeah. Like I, he just looked like a couple other dudes that were in that room already, and I was like, oh, okay, one of the guys in the crew. That I couldn't tell what the fight was about. Which yeah. is intentional because they don't want you to know it was Jonathan Major's character till later. But you think you would be talking right. to somebody going, "Guess what I learned today?" Right? You think you yeah, might yeah, tell yeah. Stephen A. Smith or somebody. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. No. I mean, okay. The, the, Thank you for the, explaining the, that. That was the thing bothering me on the how how much time they spent on what. Yeah, and and again, it, it could be for your for this particular case for you that could have also been poor pacing or poor editing. You know, and all that, you know, or King also again with my again theater, with a, a different problem. Oh, the right. time, yeah. damn Kang, he's all over the place. That guy, yeah. he's gonna be a major trouble for us in the next couple <laughs> of years. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I spoke a lot about you know, kind of my grievances and all that stuff like that. Um, I will say this though the things that I love about the movie, of course, the performances from everyone, Jonathan Majors was great was fantastic in this movie. However, I do feel like he could have been given more. Tessa Thompson, brilliant as always. Felicia Rashad was great. Uh, Myla Davis-Kent, Amara Creed, the daughter. Oh, She's I a deaf, her, deaf, deaf actress. Yeah, which is great. absolutely crushed this role. Oh, my God. And the interviews I've seen with her are heartwarming. Oh, absolutely. She, she, was, she was really one of my favorites in this movie. And... I love the father-daughter moments where she really loves fighting because she sees it from her dad and she wants to train. I won't be surprised in five years from now, the story continues with her because I feel like that's kind that's of them. My question, because that's what folks are saying, but are you going to do like kid boxing? Like, no, when she gets older, like, you know, maybe not five. Well, they could do a time job. Actress and Creed yeah. puts in some goatee, gray in his goatee. Probably. She's yeah. now going for a college in the Olympics. Okay, sure. I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. just sold the yeah. ticket. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Okay. yeah. Oh, that'll be cool, too. If they actually see her like in a either collegiate or an Olympic type of boxing situation and not so much of a where it's not just about the money and the title. Right. Because that's. Right. That's something that's a problem with like it's similar with music careers and they're like oh I was a nobody and they doubted me and now I'm a champion that's awesome right. when you're a champion you're like oh, I have too much money and I'm lonely yeah and uh, I wasn't prepared for the stress of success we're like you don't feel bad. <laughs> you're not an underdog anymore dude fuck off no for sure that'll be it yeah. that, that, okay I, I like this let's let's, uh, let's I, I feel like I feel like we should I, just, yeah we should lay it out outline I, I it. bet they haven't even thought of it yet <laughs> I bet they haven't even they, she likes did you notice she likes boxing. Yeah, you know she she was into it. She wants to train. You know, uh, you know. I think something with that. I think that would be good. Uh, Michael um, B. Jordan was making comparisons to uh, Muhammad Ali's daughter, and 
Ah, uh, um, okay. And also talking about hanging out with Jamie Foxx and Kobe Bryant. And Kobe's daughter is was going to be a gotcha. basketball player. Was okay. Seeing that comparison in fathers and daughters, whereas a lot of Rocky and Creed before father or father figure and son, and so I like yeah. that aspect. I like the um, the the ASL aspect where it's not totally. many blockbuster movies where they've got subtitles over ASL and these actors yeah. learning sign language, and that was beautiful to see. It. it yeah. To me, it's a quick way, and I've seen it done in a few other shows. It's a really good way. Not only do those stories deserve to be told, first off, it's a good way to show I love you and I care enough about you to learn a whole new yes. language because I want to yeah. communicate with you. And I'm and watching them just communicate naturally. Can you make some another sandwich? I'm hungry. It's your bedtime, whatever. But doing yep. it in another language, it just shows a special level of connection. I, I honestly think more movies should do that. I just imagine the difficulty level might be higher for the actors, but yeah. uh, Tessa Thompson, Michael B. Jordan, and that actress, and the grandmother. Watching the grandmother sign with the granddaughter was just oh. like, I was getting choked up for real. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's why like I definitely want to give a lot of kudos to Felicia Rashad because I do feel like she was the heart in this movie uh, whenever yeah. she was on screen. And the daughter, too. I feel like the daughter really helped level out adonis's character that's a good point because you know yeah. like and and you needed that here because could you imagine if they didn't put any focus on any of that stuff the, the feeling of this movie would be all over the place i think um that's part of why sliced alone didn't was disagreeing with the creative direction of the movies it's talking about the darkness that it dealt with and the internal mm-hmm. the demons that he's fighting through etc and sliced alone doesn't doesn't enjoy that content yeah. um that and because of this movie you're having to watch them we're talking about it earlier go to the introspection and the depths and like these very traumatic memories and things that he doesn't talk about for a reason because of his childhood in i think the foster system um with with leon the person and then this character was defending him but then he and who among us doesn't have something from our childhood where we go oh yeah i let that person fall off or I didn't follow up with them. I lost touch with them when I moved out, et cetera. And that, that kind of thing. But on this case, the, the stakes were so much higher. It was definitely a lonelier and darker movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, you're right. The grandmother, the daughter, and the wife all being there. And, and this movie taking the direction of a father's and daughter's narrative. I think that was that's where the heart of the movie is in, in a lot of For ways. Sure. That's interesting. No, okay. That's, that's a, that might be part of the difference there. Yeah. And, and again... I don't mind at all the the fact that they wanted to really make this a Creed movie and kind of get out of the shadow of Rocky. Eventually, you kind of have to, right? But at the same time, it's the same world. It's the same universe, right? You can't ignore the fact that Rocky was a major part of their lives in general. Um, and just not having him there, for me personally, again, I'm a huge Rocky fan like you are. Um, that was a missed opportunity, I think. And it's unfortunate that you just couldn't have that, even if it were for like a brief moment, you know? But were you telling me what you told me? The reason why I didn't want spoilers at all is because I knew that there was a, I'd heard something about sliced alone, creative differences, whatever. And I was like, there's a chance, especially with press cycles and the way that those can either be used or manipulated, mm-hmm. et cetera. I didn't read anything that said he's 100% not in it. We've seen it. He's not there. I was yeah. hoping there's a chance he's popping in at the end or three quarters through. He's like, oh, you need a, you need a trainer. Okay, I'll do one last round or whatever. 
you can't keep recycling the same plot so many times, but we're also talking about the Rocky franchise. So yes, yeah. you absolutely can. And yeah. the movie, in my opinion, you're right, is better if he is the trainer at the end of the day. He has yeah. beef with the gym owner and that guy is then coaching um, and you want this other guy to to break off from that, et cetera. Like those dynamics could have still played out similarly uh, yeah. without having slide totally out of it. If you're that producer and it's about ego or anything like that, screw off. Just say this movie is more successful and I make more money if, if Sly's in there. If Sylvester Stallone chose not to do it because of creative differences, etc. cetera, uh, sure. I mean, you got to respect that at the end of the day. It's tough, though. I, I think it, you hope that those things work out and you at least get some version of a cameo, a yeah. phone call, or something. Um, well, yeah. Well, you Even know, showing him call the mom and say, "Sorry, I couldn't make it to the funeral, but pass this message along or something right. like that." You know, My, Michael. Or sorry, uh, not Michael, calling the mom who died, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Michael B. Jordan actually he tried to wait till the last minute to squeeze in a cameo from Sylvester. Mm. Um, wow. But it just wasn't happening. Uh, again, don't mm. know if it's from Sylvester's side or from because of Erwin Winkler. I do think it's because Irwin. I, I think that the beef is just so hard that he just doesn't want to have anything to do with any of that stuff. But that's why I don't blame Michael B. Jordan on any of that stuff. I just feel like, you know, he has to listen to what the producer says um, but, and still get his movie out there. Um, I have uh, thoughts about some some other things, but I want to hear your your thoughts on... Because you, you mentioned, you said, like, there were some uh, director, like, kind of more directorial things that kind of bothered you a little bit or you have questions on. So I want to hear your thoughts on about that. It's not so much like that there's exact moments. I think the boxing scene in particular, where they did the anime style boxing scene, yeah. where suddenly the world around them isn't in reality. Mm -hmm. I, as someone who enjoys boxing, I enjoy boxing matches that are uber real and very intense. And even yeah. when it comes to actual boxing matches, sorry if I lose you non-sports fans, but like the Mayweather where he's dancing around the ring, you have to respect mm -hmm. it. He found a cheat code essentially. But my favorite is the Tyson Fury when he's just foot mm -hmm. is here planted and just trading punches with the dude. There's nothing like that sensation in real life. It's so intense. So when they made it unreal, I actually enjoy it as a creative decision as someone who just wants to watch two dudes punching each other, like, yeah. and, and, and the art of that and the timing. And yeah, I'm not just saying blood, pure bloodshed. Um, I don't want the Rambo version of uh, Adonis <laughs> for, um, or the Ray. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Actually, that sounds great. Hold on. <laughs> um, <laughs> John Wick meets Creed in Creed four. <laughs> oh my John God. That'd be nuts. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but no, that I thought was an interesting choice. Michael B. Jordan's an anime fan. I oh, understand yeah. mm -hmm. the decision there. Creatively, I didn't love it boxing-wise. Otherwise, as far as the timing of it, it just some scenes felt stilted. And I felt the director's hand in the editing a little more than I should. If it was smoother, some of the transitions from one to another, the timing of it. And I'm not trying to say that this ruined the movie. I think for you, it was a bigger problem. I felt like I understood what was happening in real time. I love the Jonathan Majors plot line and the scene when they're at the beach and he's making fun of him in front of everybody and goes full bad guy. As someone who just enjoys good acting performances and the idea of like a heel or 
the way that boxers will antagonize each other on a stage, but seeing it be real to me adds more dramatic stakes. I felt the intensity and the anger and the resentment of those characters as it's happening. I understand why Sly Stallone wouldn't want it to go dark like that. I love that it did. I felt like that made it the, even the commentators throughout the boxing match are talking about the boxing, but they're definitely talking about the intensity of that moment and the emotional fatigue that the boxers would be feeling in those moments. So overall, I thought it was successful on telling me a story, telling me the plot points, knowing where we are in time, but it was more so maybe like the editing and just the direction of the movie overall. It wasn't as smooth and I'm sucked into every single moment the way that I could be. It was more like detached set pieces. Okay, now we're going to a training montage. Okay, now we're going back to the house. Now this is the fight scene. And it just felt a little bit clunky on the editing and directing. That said, the fact that I can't say why makes me think it doesn't even necessarily have to be Michael B. Jordan's fault as a director. It, it's possible there's other things happening or in the editing room. Maybe the studio at some point did, had too heavy of a hand in it. It felt like that kind of problem, though, almost like when you see a movie where a director takes over from another one and things yeah. don't quite fit as seamlessly, even though that's not the case here. Well, you do hear about those studios sometimes where the studio will chop a movie up a little bit, shorten the runtime, et cetera. So it, it might be a scenario like that. At the end of the day, I felt like it was successful and I know that I was into it despite all the distractions happening around me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't think I have, it's not necessarily beef with Michael B. Jordan's directing though. I mm -hmm. think it was just overall, it was not as successful. Like I gave it a four out of five and for a movie I really enjoyed, that's a pretty low score. Uh, but it was more so I just, anytime we're watching an intense boxing scene in this movie had multiple of them that to me is always enjoyable so i think that's kind of why it gets more credit if it was something i didn't enjoy like i don't know if this was race car driving i may have given it like a three three and a half so there, there's that right yeah no that makes sense um so, yeah so you actually touched a point on two things that i actually wanted to elaborate on too so the fight scenes and the anime influence um you really see that at the in the last fight, at the final fight at the end of the movie. You know, when they go into like this other astral plane, very anime, anime related where there's no audience, there's no crowd. It's just them two in the ring. You have clouds all over the place and you have like crazy like cages popping up and all that. You totally, if you're an anime fan, you totally see the influence coming out here. But we, we also get to see that in other fights. Um, in different little ways too the close up of the eyes that's a very anime influence kind of thing you know kind of just like you know as he's about to do something um, the the thing you mentioned earlier the punching of the stomach and you see the sweat fly in the in his back and all that that's a very uh, okay. anime influence type of yeah, punch you know I see that now yeah if it wasn't an anime you would actually see like a bulge which would kind of mimic right. like the, the fist coming out but you know obviously that's not realistic like little lightning marks or movement or like wind right like that whatever that's called yeah yeah showing motion yeah. like boom the impact went through their back but totally now yeah because we're in human life okay yeah and and even when they cut to the front where you see michael b jordan kind of like grimacing leaning forward as he's about to hit the floor and and mm -hmm. jonathan just like holding that punch to his stomach oh you're right that's, interesting. yeah that's a very anime influenced shot right there too 
I'm sure another one is the up, running yeah. where they're going from one side to the other and they run towards each other. There's yeah. a couple moments where you're like, you normally yeah. don't see that in Bond. You do yeah. sometimes, sure. Yeah. But a couple of characters in this movie had that going on where yeah. they just go full speed, essentially. And yeah. the way Jonathan Major's character moved was interesting. So yeah. I'm glad because I personally don't like anime. Don't tell anybody. That's don't okay. tell Michael hey. Jordan for sure. I hope you're <laughs> and he could. But um, I have seen enough anime to know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. I now kind of want to want to rewatch that. I could almost see Michael B. Jordan doing like a, a like a short anime clip of that fighting sure. scene or something like that. That could be cool. Um, yeah. But no, I, when I rewatch, I'll keep an eye on that. That's a great point, though. Yeah, um, it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting to see him do like a commentary track, or you know, I think it's it, it's it's either GQ or Vanity Fair who does like scene of a movie where he's standing there and he's like highlighting, okay, this is how I did this and all that stuff like that. It'll be great to see him do that and kind of call out his influences. Like, well, I saw this because of Dragon Ball or because of Naruto or something like that. You know, it'll be kind of cool to to hear that and hear him point that out. Uh, the Jonathan Majors, like the way he would lo- like lounge at people in the ring was very animalistic. You know, it was just very, very interesting. Like the way he would kind of like, like like the way he would just like kind of charge at them. Like it's very animalistic. Very, it was like you don't see that in boxing. Yeah, Uh, and he's always doing like this. Yeah, never. I'm sure there's somebody who did that and they got it from. I'm not enough of an aficionado. I've never seen someone do that in a ring. And I was like, is that brilliant or is that the dumbest thing I've ever seen? It was just like some prison moves kind of thing. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah playing a little dirty and and you you're setting your own system and you're like oh i came up with my own thing while you yeah. guys were watching boxing we had an anything goes policy so i made a <laughs> few new moves that right. was wild and the way he moved around a ring was fascinating oh yeah but the way he hit arms and those angles that was messed yeah up. i was that gonna one say got like me and it's hard I've been so desensitized to fight scenes. Yeah. You got to have some real like John Wick breaking someone's knee with a kick kind of like atomic blonde. Like you got to do more to get me to like feel it. Yeah. I felt those arm punches. That was brutal. Oh my God. He's hitting you with the exact part, weakest part of your arm, which is mm-hmm. again, maybe something he, he learned while he was locked away. Yeah. And, and, and you could, I, you could also say like that could be anime inspired too, kind of like having a person hone in on this particular part of the body. And like, that's the weak right. point. That's what I'm going to aim for, you know, and where it's almost like an unrealistic reaction or the most dramatic reaction of body cap where in anime, you'll punch someone, they'll go flying a hundred feet in the air. Right. This is kind of like right. the in reality physics version of that. where like, right. I'm going to do the most damage towards like I'm a superhero and I'm not. Yeah. Oof. Like a, yeah. a great example of that is the the first fight in the movie where it's like, I guess it's Adonis's retirement fight. Right. And he's kind of like on the ropes, but you see him not punching much because but he's eyeing the guy's body. Right. He's like he's watching yeah. the movement and all that. And then in the final moment, that was so cool, the Gosh. way the camera like sticks on him as he like do- dodges out of the way. And then kind of just mm-hmm. like goes for that point. Interesting. Dude, that was so on point, like an anime right there. And it, it, it kind of reminded me of Sherlock Holmes, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. when he plays out the scenario in his head and yeah. then he carries it out. Equalizer was... is another movie that does that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. The future, now I'm thinking about it, because fu- that made it so much better. The future of boxing on TV, because, like, you know, they'll do replay and they'll whatever. <laughs> I need to have it to where they have so many cameras in so many places and can, like, right. slow-mo it. Maybe not in real time, but on those replays, I need that level of action moving forward. 
there was yeah. something innovative about which we've seen this kind of like this slow-mo punches in you know like jake gyllenhaal and southpaw right. um where the more modern boxing movies are way more intense than anything rocky had ever done back yeah. in the day um but this one you're right that it's, it takes it to another level where it really increases the hyper like the, the it hyperbolizes the action happening on the screen too it's just most intense possible version of itself no definitely okay. for sure and, and that's why i i give kudos to michael b jordan because that's all him that's all his his directing and all that and i thought it, especially nowadays you know we've seen so many rocky movies now so we've seen all your different fight angles your fight matches and all that stuff like that it's nice to have him put a new spin on it um which i really appreciate it um so i i if if you were to ask me what are there must be some things you liked about the movie that that stuff i really appreciated and i really enjoyed because he tried something different um and the last thing i will say because you mentioned the whole jonathan major storyline i liked it too but i felt it could definitely have been better and I think it could have felt more of an impact if they took the time in showing his rise. Like I thought they sped things up way too fast. He has a know? few fights somewhere. Yeah. He, shows, he just has to get one person's respect. The right. the boxing coach, um, Apollo's coach always being anti. If it's someone even like, Oh damn, that boy can fight. Maybe we should get some money off, but you know, something like that. Right. Where he earns yeah. his place a little bit more, just a montage of that. You're onto yeah. something there for sure. Yeah, uh, that would have been better. And then also the one where he turns heel so quickly. Oh my god, it's so right. fast. Yeah. <laughs> now, the movie is proposing that he was always heel or ready to turn heel, sure. and so he set this whole thing up. But the fact that Michael B. Jordan gave him a shot so early, most friends would be like, "Hey, thank you so much. I will not hurt this relationship we are now forming. Right. You gave me a shot so early. now." Yes, it's him versus the world and screw everybody and you left me and you ignored me while I was in prison. I've been planning this. Sure, I do understand that. But that was essentially only told through a montage of Michael B. Jordan looking at letters in a photograph. Right, and right. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, you got the letters, you got me. Um, right. There's a few different points of dialogue they sh- could have sold better. And there's mm-hmm. the... I wish that there had been more happening where they turn against each other rather than a small miscommunication on, oh, I never saw your letters. Uh, And part of it is they're not talking about their feelings. And that's, I think, really at the end of the day. Uh, This is a movie, we're definitely talking about a movie of how Black men are treated in the criminal justice system. That is at least in the subtext of the movie and a couple points addressed without getting overtly political. Um, It was lovely seeing the disability representation of this film. But a big theme throughout this movie is the mental health. You got to talk to somebody about your past and your problems. You got to talk to somebody. And uh, that's that is something that you probably would not have seen very much of in the old Rocky movies. Uh, that's that true. We're definitely getting in 2023. I'm hoping yeah. that there's a lot of uh, men whose suicide rates are higher who are going to go see this movie and be like, mm, maybe I should talk to someone about what happened to me in the foster home. Maybe that would be good. Maybe yeah. I need to get that off my chest instead of uh, burning my career and family to the ground. So no, yeah. for sure. I mean, if you go back to some of the old Rocky movies, there's some stuff that happened in there that are very questionable now you know like the whole thing with rocky and uh adrian you know where he wouldn't let her leave the house it, it oh like, you know <laughs> oh, when i rewatched rocky i was like oh yeah yeah oh that's what this movie is oh yeah okay oh yeah maybe you should let her go maybe you, know? you shouldn't stand in front of the door and try to seduce her 
right exactly sir yeah that's not Um, a good idea no but again that was what 77 78 um so i'm sorry are you trying to tell me that in the year 1977 (laughs) no no i just want to make sure it's okay it's okay to lock to hold people hostage i just want to make sure that 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 is not what i'm saying saying. that back then society was like yeah that's cool who cares yeah well that's why you know people in your home hey treat them like you're pet turtles which is my favorite part of the old Rocky movie. A Did, lot of turtle talk. Oh, a lot of turtle talk. Oh my God. So much damn turtle talk. Um, but that's also. Than I'd remembered. Oh yeah. Well, that's why like every Christmas, you know, baby, it's cold outside. That's my favorite song of all time. Yeah. So basically you ain't leaving. So stay here and we'll Netflix and chill. But I want to propose something to you real quick. If I, if you gave me a chance to rewrite this movie, Mm-hmm. I, I, wanted to, I want to tell you what I would have done that would have probably made this movie more impactful. Not saying that it's not now for you. Um, again, put more focus on the rise of Jonathan Majors' character. And I know you said, like, well, you don't want to rehash stuff that's been done in previous Rocky movies, but it is a Rocky-centric movie, right? So that stuff does tend to happen. What if we ended the movie with uh creed losing and adonis then becomes you know the 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 above all and all that stuff like that at the end of the movie so that the above that, all so what are you saying so jonathan majors's character wins the championship because he beats felix right so he gets all the belts and all that stuff like that then right. you know creed feels like he has to challenge him to kind of shut him up and you know get all that stuff back right but then you have this whole buildup going into that instead of it, the instead of it happening so damn fast, right? And the movie with him losing, just like with the original Creed Rocky at the end of the final yeah. fight, okay. yeah, just like the original Rocky, Rocky loses in the original movie, you know, and then it kind of humbles him in a way, so that in the next movie, that's when they could finally have that, you know, I spent X amount of years dealing with the fallout here, dealing with all this stuff like that. This guy, he's now, you know, terrorizing or whatever the case is, you know, doing his thing. You know, now I have to really get my name back out there. Kind of just, again, if we, if we're seeing him kind of mimic the life of his dad, you know, this is the same thing that kind of happened with his dad, but on the opposite end of things, right? You want to pay homage to Rocky. This is a great way to pay homage to Rocky without having Rocky be there, being there. You know, that's that's my so proposal. You can't, on how I, yeah. No, no matter what, just in storytelling, you can't have Jonathan Majors be the bad bad guy and win at the end of the movie. If you want to leave people angry and with a bad feeling in their mouths, and a this movie is unjust, and you can be a horrible person, and bad things happen, like. You have versions of that story where the good guy wins or loses, but he has a moral victory. Um, like at the end of Rocky, the story is he's falls in, he's in love with Adrian and she's right. his girl. And he they they say, "What are you looking forward to doing next?" or whatever. And he's just looking for Adrian. He's like, "That's all I care about right now." Mm-hmm. He has a moral victory because he held it down, held held his own against Apollo Creed. You can't have one where the stakes are. I'm coming for everything. I am an absolute, I just the, like the heel, like in wrestling, like I'm just the bad guy. And then they win. 
and expect people to come back and see the next movie to see Creed now come from behind to beat the ultimate nemesis. Like I was thinking about that during the movie and it's part of the problem with sports movies. And sometimes they subvert your expectations and the the good team loses and the bad team wins or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's usually a reason why that's happening. And about halfway through the movie, I said, well, the stakes they've set up, there is 0% chance that Jonathan Major's character can possibly win at the end of this movie without people just leaving the theater, just like spitting on the ground. You've set him up as not just like like chaotic, like evil and chaotic. And I'm trying to think of like the actual, the, the stakes of the plot. Somehow, and I'm not, and I'm trying to articulate like why it is that in the story itself it couldn't happen. But for Creed, it's like, I guess maybe that's part of it. When Creed is knocked down on the beach and mm-hmm. laughed at in front of everyone, given a black eye against the rules, away from the ring, you can't then have that same guy lose again. He is now the one getting revenge and justice. And that's the conclusion to the movie in the movie where it, that doesn't happen. Maybe there's a version where, where we're talking about that, but the one where he gets demoralized, you can't then have that happen again at the end of the movie. You could have a different version where Jonathan Major's character has been shunned by Creed and Creed loses himself and goes to the dark side and Jonathan Majors is the one who's like hey I'm a good friend and you screwed me over and Creed's like yeah sorry I can't take your calls right now I'm making millions of dollars I don't do box whatever some version of that which we've seen sometimes in these franchises someone ignoring their duties or responsibilities then sure you could have Jonathan Majors character be a come from behind set like tell the moral story don't forget where you came from don't forget your friends, family, etc. Remember who you are, something like that. But I think it was after the beach scene. I knew no matter what, Creed will not lose at the end of this movie. And I and I understand that, but I think that's why it, it plays into the two things that we kind of criticized a little bit. One, the 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 heel turn was too fast. You know, like if we elongated that, you know, and and tried to make it sure. It, make the story like oh they're really friends but we the the reveal isn't made until like the very end or something like that or yeah kind of turned adonis into an asshole you know where he's just his his pride takes over and again this is the absence of a mentor he has no rocky on his side right now right so he he lets his pride take over and then everything bad comes out and all this stuff. So at the end of the movie, maybe you're not rooting so much for Adonis anymore. You know, where now you're kind of like, well, I kind of like Jonathan Mage's character at yeah, this moment. That's a you cool know? Word. Like kind of Killmonger in in Black Panther. Right. Where some yeah. of the audience is like, this guy actually makes some good points. Yeah, and, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and then find a way to flip that script in the next movie. Because and then in Creed I, 4, Rocky would, Sylvester Stallone would come back and say, hey, kid, you lost yourself. I'm here yes. to remind you. Something like that, yes. sure. Yeah, yeah. Like that, I think. And again, the only reason why I also wanted, I wanted to propose that, too, is because Jonathan Majors is too good of an actor to not have him in this franchise. The fact that they kind of like ended his run here, I don't think he'll be back. There's no point for him to be back. Even though at the end of the movie, he's like, yo, yo, we good, we good. Um... 
you know where to find me if you need anything. That's fine. That's all fine and good. But is there a point for him to come back after that, really? For sure. It happens in sports movies sometimes where... Trying to think, it's it's it would be the story where Creed's daughter is fighting to get a scholarship mm-hmm. to go, to, which obviously she doesn't need a scholarship. Her dad's rich, whatever. <laughs> Creed 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 blows all his money um, on a drug addiction. There's a Tessa Thompson. She needs a scholarship. She's fighting for her life. And then Jonathan Major's character is like, you know what? I have to do. I have to prevent that. He then right. is enrolling. Does you know whatever he needs to do? Paperwork goes to the college and then fights Creed's daughter to try to prevent her. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, you might be just the ultimate bad yeah. guy. No, seriously, yeah. like you can do a spinoff. I've also thought they don't really do prequels in this franchise, to my knowledge. I think it's they always time yeah. progressing, which yeah. with boxing, especially with the amount of years that has happened since the franchise started, I don't really want to de-age Rocky too much. It might be crappy in the fighting scenes, especially. Um, when you're talking shirtless acting, et cetera, maybe the technology will get there, but right. um, I could, I would love to see at least a somewhat of a prequel. If you showed me a Jonathan Majors prison boxing league, I'm, wow. I would see that tomorrow. If yeah. you showed me uh, more of Creed's backstory, et cetera, like there's a spinoff version. There's also a version where Creed four is a rematch of these two dudes. There's a version where they're best friends and they do tag team boxing. I don't know. I think he, another reason you're onto something too is in the fourth. I'm assuming there will be a fourth Creed movie. Like it's called Money. They 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 love it out sure. there in Hollywood. Yeah. Sure. I could see a version. Like another reason why you have Creed lose this fight is because right now it's got a pretty sweet conclusion, and there's not a clear reason why he would fight in a Creed four. That said, they're pretty good at coming up with reasons why people fight in these yeah. movies. So. You know, he's got the money, he's got the status, he's actually makes more money in a way if he's not fighting and focusing on the business moves. And now he's defeated his, you know, his childhood. Like, if he loses, I think you're on to something, man. Also, the other thing, and, and then I think I'm, I'm out of thoughts on this movie, but yeah. I would love to see more depth on Tessa Thompson's character. We see oh, depth yeah. in their relationship and we see them go through some struggle, but she is a moral center. But Mm -hmm. I would love to see her have struggled more when she's like, yeah, I can't perform my own music anymore. And Jonathan Majors uses that information against her later, more or less, of trying to kind of get to her. uh, But also talking about, like, I know what it's like to be on the sidelines. Um, I, But she's very much like doing what somebody does at a party. Like, but yeah, everything's good. I'm fine. My family's great. I have a daughter. I have so much to be lucky. Like, I'm producing now. Yeah. Right. Could have seen more of her struggling. Um, and that makes the dynamic with her and Creed a little more interesting overall. So I think there's a few things that they could do. At some point, then you're looking at a three, three and a half hour movie, and we know they weren't going to allow that to happen. <laughs> no, Maybe yeah. these are things that the studio cut out of it. Not sure. At the end of the day, all it takes for me to really enjoy a boxing movie is some good boxing and at least just not horrible, you know, acting, writing, et cetera, to where it ruins it. And this movie yeah. definitely accomplished that test for me. But the reason it gets four instead of, you know, higher, which I think the original Creed gets a five stars out of for me, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, is for, for that exact reason. Like they're the development of the plot, the characters, et cetera. It was stilted. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, so 
as we we close out our Cree talk and all that, you mentioned you said you gave it a four out of five on your letterbox, right? Yeah. I gave it a two. No, two. I know. You I did. did. I don't want to. I yeah, okay. I gave it a two. I, again, I I think I definitely was affected most by my issues with this movie. Um, and I don't think honestly, I don't think it's expectations either because I wasn't really expecting much. Um, I think the the fact that I watched Creed two very soon before I saw the movie helped me realize kind of the change and shift in tone and what was missing that was there before. So I had like a comparison, right? Um, I'm going, I haven't watched the first Creed in a while, so I kind of want to go back and watch that too to see, you know, maybe there was a, a progression, maybe there was a change or anything like that. But from what I remember, it was very similar in tone. I, or I should say Creed, the first Creed was still very Stallone heavy because Stallone had cancer and that was like a big thing in there and all that stuff like that. And then Creed 2, you could kind of, it was more 50-50 at that point. And then now Creed 3 was all Creed, like no Stallone whatsoever and all that. That's kind of like the progression I, I, I think happened. But I'm, I'm curious to see what will happen when I watch the first one again. But where would you rank this in the Creed uh, franchise so far out of the three movies? I mean, the fact you gave it two stars to quote uh, Damien, Jonathan Major's character, you're a coward, bro, and a fraud. But I would say this is my second favorite. Creed 1, directed by Ryan Coogler, the legend, Mm -hmm. number one. This one being number two, and then number two being number three. Uh, For those, Rocky, it's been a minute, but uh, I can very confidently off the top of it. Which one's Mr. T in? That's the one I always... That's that's the third one. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go four, two, one, three. Wait, six should be in there somewhere. Anyway, uh, of the first original five, that that's what it would be. Uh, with five not even on the list, just erase it from history. Um, <laughs> and I put six like in the middle of that order. Um, but yeah, I'm going through one, three, two for the Creed movies. One, three. Okay. Top to bottom. Uh, what about you? You're going one, two, three. I'm going one, two, three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the first Creed is definitely the best. Um, I, I thought it was not only just well-directed, but just well-acted all throughout. It, it too, does have its issues, you know, but I still think the most of the movie was very strong, story-wise and all that. And, of course, we, we know how I felt about 3 already because we talked about it. As far as, like, the original Rocky movies, um, I didn't never really thought about it, but I would probably say... It would be, uh, let's see, Balboa was what, six? Okay, so I would say one, six, four, two, three, and then five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the fifth, Rocky Five is your favorite. No, you have, ter- ter- you have terrible movie taste, and I hate you. Oh right my now, god, um... that that movie was painful. <laughs> so really, bad, really damn. Honestly, painful. I'm trying to think of if there's things that happen in there that you need to know. Like, there's a couple things, but they're going to hint at it in Rocky Six. They're not counting on you to have seen Rocky Five when they made that one. I honestly yeah. would say, no matter how much of a completist you are, I'm OCD about this stuff. 
skip it. Worst. I was yeah. in middle school. And I was like, this is the worst movie of all time. Yeah, I, I would say the only thing you need to know from the fifth movie is that he has the restaurant the and the kid who, who yeah. later is portrayed by Milo. Uh, I, I always have a hard time pronouncing his last name. Um, but yeah, but that's it. It's the you don't even need to watch the, the movie for that. Yeah, no, I think they even yeah. mentioned that later. So yeah, like, oh, something happened to my kid. I have a restaurant, whatever. I'm sure yeah. they addressed that in Rocky Six. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but that's it. But let us know again. We just went through our whole discussion and thoughts and talk about Creed Three. Um, hopefully, you've seen the movie. If not, we've spoiled a whole bunch of stuff for you. But um, let us know how you feel. What your thoughts are on Creed Three. Uh, what were your favorite moments? What were some moments that maybe you were questioning and all that? Are you in alignment with me or with Blake or whatever the case is? We'd love to hear your thoughts and have a discussion with you online because that's one of the best things about what we do here is that we get to talk and hear about you know hear from all of you out there. So definitely let us know. And and how, here's a fun thing: let us know your ranking of not only the Creed movies but the Rocky movies as well. Love to know like where. Um, all that falls into place with all of you for sure. Um, but that's been our episode of Movie Time. Before we close out this episode for the week, Blake, where can people find you online? I know I've said it here, but I'm a bona fide sports and movie fan. I'm just now realizing that the poster behind me is a reference that's to right. a movie. Call Me By Your <laughs> Name, it's in Elio's room, and it's a reference to sports, uh, the Roland Garros French Open Tennis Tournament. You can see all of my highly educated uh, opinions as a movie connoisseur on the Letterboxd app with the last, the screen name, last name Wolf. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And definitely follow Blake up on there because he has some really great and unique list as far as Letterboxd is concerned. And again, I've said this before. It's just we've had a lot of stuff to talk about, you know, lately with all this stuff. The minute we get some free downtime, we're going to definitely dedicate some episodes to some of your lists on Letterboxd because those are definitely some interesting topics to talk about for sure. Um, as for me, I could also be found on Letterboxd. You could see the screen name below. But on the screen, you see all their screen names for you to find me on Twitter, Instagram, but most importantly, here on YouTube. If you haven't done so yet, it doesn't cost you a thing. It only takes you a couple seconds. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that notification bell to get notified every time a new episode is uploaded up on there. It really helps support the channel, the community, and helps you get recommended more content like this. Um, also helps spread the word, too, for other people looking for content like this. Um, audio listeners, if you're looking for an audio version of this episode and many others, just type in Loki Geek on your podcast platform of choice where you get to download this and everything else we have up on there. And if it asks you for a rating, please leave an awesome rating if it prompts you to. That will be greatly appreciated, go a long way, and it will produce great karma and all that stuff like that. So with all that being said, this has been Movie Time. I've been Renee. That's been Blake. Stay cool, stay classy, stay safe, and stay sane. And we'll catch you all in the next one. All right. Peace out, everybody.